Ramirez, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there, this is Kat. Plug in front of me. Uh, and I am here with you live. And uh, it's been a while. So I feel a little uh, out of whack in doing these live broadcasts. But I'm excited to be here. I am excited for you to join me. So thank you so much for your time. You're going to get lots of value today. Today I have a really a special guest, Ron Zaguski. Ski, and he's going to correct that because I told him uh, before I get on the backstage, I said, hey, I'm not sure I'm going to butcher your name. So uh, I apologize, Arani, for butchering the name. Anyways, he's go we're going to talk about how to scale a healthy business and decentralize your team. So talking about tools that you can incorporate so that there is less involvement with the owner, business owner, which I love. And I'll tell you why I love this as we um, talk through this. But let me bring Ronnie on board here. Hey, Ronnie. Hello. Thank you, you for, for inviting me. Yes, and thank you for joining me. And and before we get started, please correct your last name as I butchered it because I don't want anybody else to butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It's Ronnie Sagurski. Okay, good. Awesome. And you say it way better than I do. <laughs> it just sounds more exotic. It does. It does. And you made it sound really exotic. Um, okay, so just give us a little background about who you are for those um, people that tune in, that pop in and out. That way they get a feel for who you are. I'm business coach helping organization, mid-sized companies to decentralize. Uh, to scale in a healthier way and, and eliminating the dependency on the owner. Okay, which I love. And I'm going to share why I love this because this is so relevant and I don't think people understand how important this is, okay? And um, if, if many of you know or have tuned in to my journey, I started becoming a, a business broker. And one of the biggest things that people ask me when they are looking at companies that I represent is how involved is the owner? Because the more that that business can run on its own, the more valuable that is to a buyer. So I'm going to repeat myself because this really sets you up, Ronnie. As the more that a business can run on its own, the more valuable it is to that future buyer, if you are ever going to exit or sell your company, this is so relevant. And I, and I love that you're with me today, Ronnie, talking about this because it is a great topic and it is great to, um, if, if your goal is to 
somehow scale in 2023, or your goal is to somehow sell or exit in the next two or three years, this is a great topic to really just follow through with. So, um, so as we get into this, um, Ronnie, let's talk about what are some of the things that business owners should be thinking about? Probably most important is building a team because without the team, yep. they cannot, I mean, they cannot scale. They cannot, every, everything will be run through them. Uh, you mentioned about scaling exit plan, um, selling the company or maybe a transition to another generation. Or it could be a transition to from me as a business owner and a CEO to hire a CEO that can run the company better than I do and actually cheaper. Uh, those three scenarios they need to think about. It's not only about thinking about selling the business. Yep. It's as well a, it's just getting their own freedom. Because at the beginning of the the origins of the business, most of the time, is they created the business because they want to get freedom and wealth. And eventually, they get the wealth, but they don't have the freedom. So you need to surround yourself with best people around you that you can delegate all the tasks and all the minutia of the business. Okay. So without that, there is nothing. I mean, obviously, at the beginning... What is a startup phase, which is yep. different from a scale, scale-up phase, sorry. Uh, in that stage, you are trying to figure out what is the best product that you can create almost immediate revenue. But once you know how to monetize your product, your service, your company, then you need to be more selective. You need to get around the team, KPIs, strategic planning. Yes. So, so let's talk about some of the things you just hit on, because some things that you hit on are really, really important to anybody who's tuning in. First off, how does one find the right people? Because you, that was the first thing you said is you got to have the right people, right? So how does one find the right? Is this internal? Is this external? What is that? There is no specific answer to that. I mean, <laughs> and actually nowadays we're living in a war of talent. Because mm -hmm. it, you can hire anybody from anywhere in the world. Yep. Uh, but you need to be searching all the time. There is a, a concept called uh, virtual bench. And whenever you're talking to anybody, it could be in a Starbucks. It could be the barista in the Starbucks. Or it could be someone in the supermarket or joining in a podcast. Or flying. You're sitting next to somebody on, on your plane. And you start to share thoughts and ideas. And you, if you feel there is a connection of values and maybe even better passion, yep. those are the people that you need to hire. It's not a specifically, I mean, one of the issues that I run with most of my clients, when they try to hire, for instance, a CPA or a CFO, yep. they try to find the best CEO with the, sorry, CFO with all the credentials, all the tools, all the technical part of the, the role. However, if there's kind of disconnection that you don't feel that you can hang out with that person and go to a party or go during the weekend, it might be very good as a technical person. 
Right. But it won't be a good company for you. So it, it has to be a balance. That's why I said yeah. it, it's easy to find people with technical skills. Yep. It's difficult to find people that are, are aligned to your core values yep. and your passion. No, I agree. And and that's a great point. And um, another thing that I, um, because again, I was in corporate America for 27 years. And so I've seen this happen and I've seen it not happen. But something that um, should be happening is grooming within, especially if you have talented people, is grooming them to be the next manager or to be the next, you know, grow them within your company. And if you're not taking a look at the people around you and really tuning in of that could be the next, you know, manager, or that could be the next, you know, person that we can promote with from within. I think that's a missed opportunity as well. Correct. And definitely you need to develop the people that it's around you. Because if you're, if you, if there's some people in your company that has been with you, I don't know, 10 years, uh, but they haven't developed themselves as a leader, as a yep. person, as a technician. Uh, they're starting to be a weight on the boat. Yep. yep. So definitely you need to find a way to develop everybody in the company. Mm-hmm. However, there is, um, there is a limit. Specifically because the company grows faster than the people. So. Just as an example, if I have the best salesperson in the company, and then I need to hire a, a sales manager, yep. most of the time, business owners think that the solution is let's get the business, uh, sorry, the, the sales, the best sales representative as a sales leader, uh, which kind of 90% of the time it fails because they're a great salesperson, but they're not great leaders about uh, for salespeople and that's called um peter principle okay okay i didn't know there was a name for it first off and secondly i've seen this in in action i i've I've witnessed it i have been a part of it where uh, i was in an organization where they had a, a great salesperson and they uh promoted them to be a sales leader and it wasn't a good fit and a lot of times, I think the difficulty there, and I concur with you, I totally get that this, what you're talking about, okay? I think the difficulty is that salespeople are really, um, a good salesperson is a hunter, right? They like to, they're, they're kind of like a, um, I, I don't know, we can call them a wolf or whatever. They like to be in their own and they like to hunt, right? They're in their own pace. They're in their own environment. A sales leader has to be very inclusive, right? Inclusive. And there's some- inspirational. Yes. So there's some personality differences there. And um, the other thing too, with a a rock star salesperson is they may not have empathy, right? For a peer, for a peer. Maybe for customers they do, but maybe peers is different, right? Let's call them lonely wolves. Okay. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, they are lonely wolves. They it want is. to be by themselves. I mean, they want to be out and about and doing things with the client. Yep. 
but they might not be the best person to inspire others to achieve their goals. Yeah. And we're just talking about salespeople. That's right. It happens in every single department in the company. And so when, when as a business owner, they want to grow their people, yep. the next position, they need to think about not only what are the skills that they need, technical skills, as well, leadership skills. Right, right, right. And that makes total sense. Okay, so in our questionnaire, you talk about a DAO. What is a DAO organization? Decentralized organization. A decentralized, did you say? Decentralized autonomous organization. Okay. And is this, this is bad? No, on the contrary. That's oh, what it's you want to okay. create. Okay. You, okay. you want to create decentralized organization because at the beginning, most of the time of the process that I do with clients, yep. um, when I start with them, they cannot go away from vacations. They okay. cannot enjoy their kids. They cannot yep. go because every single moment there is an emergency or any decision that needs to go through and it needs a final check from the owner, Yeah, uh, which is a nightmare because in that case, is, that is not a business. That's yes. unemployment. I mean, it's, it's self-employment, actually. Yes, yes. Oh, I love that you're saying this stuff. This is Why? Great. You live that? You live in that situation? No, no. Again, uh, in this other, you know, business model that I have, the business broker, a lot of times, you know, because I'm talking to a lot of buyers and they're like, I don't want to buy a job. I don't want to buy a job. I want to buy a business that um they can fund right they can fund but grow with people and to me that is someone who thinks more big picture of you know they're just wanting to add jobs to their community right they're just trying to, to help the economy and and so many other variables there you know just you just remind me the case of a one client that he has a factory here in mexico city mm -hmm. Uh, he has been scaling the business. The organization is very independent from the owner. So, uh, I, I, and it's a very profitable business. But this guy said, okay, I have money in the pocket. Let me search around and I will try to buy a business. So he went and bought a franchise in, in Texas. Okay. It, there are kind of a chain of a pet, store, pet stores and... Yep. So he didn't do really his due diligence. Yeah. And he bought the business. And when he bought the business, he found out that the previous business owner was doing everything. Wow. Grooming, brooming, yep, yep, yep. Uh, cashier and everything. So this guy that came from a business, point, uh, business owner point of view, he started to be kind of almost a groomer. Yes. And he was desperate. And actually, it's kind of in this situation. So like, how do I grow this? So coming to the, in the perspective of as an investor, it's easier to, to see it that way. Actually, as you said in, in your intro, um, when you go as an investor or you want to buy a, a business, if you find out that the current business owner is totally immersed in the company. Yeah. It doesn't have much value. It, right. it might have in the books. Yes. Not on an operational basis. 
Yes. Yes. And you're hitting it right. You're just hitting it. Bing, bing, bing. Um, because again, at the end of the day, if someone's thinking about scaling their business or figuring out an exit plan or exit strategy, you know, the, the key to getting a higher, higher return on uh, the sell is to be able to automate and to be able to have other people run the business, you know, and, and standardize the process. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. So what is the self-employment trap? Are we still, are we still in the same, we're going around, right? <laughs> kind of, because business owner, when, when you, when, when you are in the startup phase and you yep. created the company, you are, you are, you are everything there. You need yes. to do almost from everything, sales, innovation, uh, production, delivery. But as the company starts to grow, you need, need to start to delegate. And yep. most of the time when you hit 15 people that you hire in the company, it changes the environment. It changes the dynamic of the people in the organization. And from 15 almost to 1,000 employees, there are kind of the same behaviors of this type of organization. Yeah. So as a company grows, it requires and demands more attention of the business owner. Yes. So the self-employment trap, it's a very simple question. How long can you be absent of the business and really absent? No phone, no email, yep. no interaction. With the exception that you went away to be with a very strategic partner or something doing something very strategical in for the business yep. that is not part of the execution okay and if the business owner cannot be absent of the business at least let's call it one month yep he's an employee actually he's the worst employee because actually he's the one who gets less benefits yep. less money and less free time. Yep, because they're doing everything. They're literally doing everything. They're not delegating and um, making it make sense. Yeah. Uh, and there is an expression in English. There is none in, in Spanish, but it's like get out, get out of your own way. Yes. Uh, because as a, you are an obstacle in, in the growth of the company. Right. Right. And and I think this has a lot to do. And, and tell me if I'm right here with people who can't let go of the control, like they're so ingrained in having to have their hands in everything that they do not empower their people to have that ability to take over that, let's say that one little function, right? Um, because I mean, like I'll use me as a great example is as I was growing, you know, never do I ever want to do everything. I don't. I, I grew the business. I started the business because I wanted to grow the business and have, you know, this empire that I have. But I wanted people to run it. I didn't want to run it. You know, I wanted to grow it and create a presence and create a model, right? To create a model. And so accounting was the first thing I delegated because I hated doing my books. I hated the accounting, right? And also I needed someone to help me hold myself accountable to expenses, right? To revenue, to my goals. And so that was the first thing I delegated. And I was so thrilled. And which one was the last one? 
Uh, the last one is I have two team leaders. Okay. So two team leaders and I divided the team. So one team leader runs one part of the team and the other team leader runs the other half. Okay. So now I'm, I'm just there, you know, they come to me for advice or questions and things like that. I'm not running the ship. They are my two team leaders are running the ship. And I love that. Yeah, most of the time, Billy, as you're, as it happened to you, mm -hmm. you delegate one of those skills that you're not good at it and you hate it. And the last skill that you delegate is the one you are passionate. Yes, I agree. I you agree. Said, like, you, you don't trust that they're going to do a better job than you do. I don't know if it's sales, innovation, or yep. production, or whatever. So it's very difficult to let go that skill that a company needs, but I am very good at it. And I don't find a, uh, someone that can do it. And it's very common that I find business owners, and it happened to me last week that I was mm -hmm. in a strategic retreat in a strategic meeting that we do like every three months and we have like the quarterly and the annual depends on the on the stage we are and at some point the business owner said to me like okay i cannot delegate i, I get to the point i understand the uh, the relevance however there are idiots they don't have the skills and it's like okay if you, if you tolerate idiot people in your company that's what you get in. Yes. But if you don't want idiots, there are two options. Either they haven't been able to learn because you don't have the patience to teach them. Yep. Either they, you haven't delegated enough to allow them to make mistakes and yep. learn from there. Yep. Or really, they are idiots. <laughs> it could be any of those scenarios, but in any of those, just work it. I mean, if you already find out that you're surrounded by idiots, Make the change. It's time to clean house. It's time to clean house. Yes. So let me touch on that because you make a great point. Um, again, is in the fact that um, people have two options, right? They have two options when they're hiring. They can either hire the best person and they have to pay a premium for that person, right? You can find a good per the best person and they pay a premium to get that best person. Or they can hire someone they can groom who has all the ability who have the assets who have the you know kind of like you you just like with anything you know like i use standard operating procedures i have characteristics for different things right in order for me to hire someone they have to blend with those characteristics in order for it to be a good fit and um if you hire someone invest the time and the energy into them and again, I reflect on my two team leaders. My two team leaders are awesome. You know, I promoted them from within. I trained them. I've groomed them. And, you know, and they're great team leaders. They, they have all great qualities of, of a leader. And what was the question? Nothing. It was a statement it was complimenting what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about then what are the most common toxic habits in a mid-sized organization that you have seen? Well, actually in the book, the yep. book that I published that it's uh, called the Don't Let the Tail Wag the Dog. Awesome. Okay. There is a, an entire chapter. It's chapter four, if I remember well. Okay. Uh, there are 34 toxic habits in the, in the organization. 
which actually since the moment that I wrote the book till yep. now, I discovered more. So the list is getting bigger. Uh, however, one of the biggest ones that I found, there are two. One of them is called the flavor of the month. Oh, yes. I've heard of this. <laughs> what is that? No, this, ha this is in like personal people world. <laughs> When you like someone for a particular month and then they wear you out and then you're done, you're moving on to the next. Uh, you're talking about Tinder and all those stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> flavor of the month in, in the business is that every single time that the business owner is exposed to new material, new technology, new tools, he will read a book and he will come back to, to his leadership team yep. and share with them about, I don't know, profit first. And he will force his own agenda about executing profit first immediately. So the leadership team will drop everything that they've been working out and they will start with profit first. In the meantime, the business owner went to a different conference and they were talking about how important it is to build your, I don't know, your virtual bench. Okay. And they will come back and they will say like, drop everything that you're doing and now it's time to work with virtual bench. So the cycle repeats itself. And what starts to happen is that the leadership team doesn't believe in anything that the business owner will bring in the future. Yeah. And they, are, they, they don't allow enough time to test all those tools because they're trying so many tools in so short a period of the time. And as well, it creates this, this nightmare for the leadership team, but as well for the business owner because it started to get desperate because none of them were implemented. So he doesn't see the benefit. Yes. That makes sense. There's another one called dysfunctional team. Okay. And this is the key why I am doing what I'm doing. Because I came from a family that I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. And, um, and in a very unconscious way. Yep. I was trying to create more, more, uh, uh, how do you say that in English? Harmonious? How yeah, harmony, that? harmony, harmony. Creating more harmony in my family. Yep. I tried everything that I could. Yes. And actually, that's the reason that I am a business coach, because the skills and the tools that I try to implement with my family, yep. which didn't work out, by the way, uh, I implemented it in the business. And there's one, that, as I said, that five dysfunctions of a team. There is a book and a, and a tool, very, very good one, uh, done by Patrick Lencioni. Okay. He has a book called Five Dysfunctions, five dysfunctions of a Team. Okay. Uh, so the basis of the dysfunction is lack of trust. Then it's lack of... Uh, oh, I forgot in English. Um, conflict, sorry. Okay. Then it's lack of commitment, lack of accountability, lack of attention to results. So you need to build your own team and understand when you get gather all your team, the first thing that you need to figure out is how much trust there are among each other. Okay. Once you start to build up the trust among the team members and they know each other, they are more vulnerable. Uh, they know their strengths, their weaknesses. They are able to ask for help or receive help. Now is the time to 
improve the second layer, which is the conflict. You okay. want team members to have conflict, but not conflict in terms that having a fight. You want them to debate ideas. Because if two people are talking to each other about ideas, they will, get, they will create a better end result by the end. Gotcha. So the, the third one <clears throat> is the uh, lack of uh, commitment. So once the team members are able, they trust each other, they, they have conflict or healthy debate, you want them to make decisions. And this yeah. is where they get stuck because they are talking and talking, but they don't make any decision on how to move forward. Okay. Then the fourth level is accountability. Once we committed to something, that task needs to be held. Someone in the team have to be held accountable, which, by the way, that's one of the biggest issues that I find in, in, in Latin companies in, in Latin America. Yep. Accountability is a super issue because in part of the culture, there is this lack of accountability. And by the end, it's lack of attention to results. Okay, then that makes sense. Um, and tell me a little bit about the book. Don't let the tail wag the dog. Tell me a little bit about that. It's a business book. It's in a fable. So it's easy to read. Uh, simple, funny, actually. Yeah. Um, with each chapter, it brings kind of a, a, a problem and tools how to solve them in the organization. But okay. it's, the entire, it's the entire journey that a guy called Dan, the business owner of a company called Plastic Bag, he wants to scale his company. So it's the journey that this guy goes through, and it, it, it is actually step-by-step step how to scale a company. Okay. Uh, and the funny fact, the, the original book was done in Spanish. Oh, nice. Okay. And it's called Que la cola no mueva el perro. Okay. And the entire idea about this book was to deliver to uh, Spanish speaker uh, companies. Yep. However, it started to land in some business in, in the US. Mm -hmm. And some business owners, Spanish speakers, mostly Mexicans, they contacted me and said, like, most of my team, they know how to speak Spanish, but they don't know how to read it. Because they are either second or third generation. Yep. So that's when they started me to ask. They asked me to write a book in English. And um, now it's starting, starting to have instruction in the U.S. with everybody English speaking, not, not necessarily people from Latin America. Yes. And then that's awesome. I think that's a great success story and a testament to your book, which is awesome. Um, well, thank you for sharing that about the book because I appreciate it. So how do you help businesses? What do you do? How do you help businesses? I help businesses through business coaching to the business owner. I, like, I get together with them. Uh, it depends on the logistics and so on. But let's assume that once a month, either yep. virtual persons, uh, I will gather with them once every quarter with his leadership team. And we will do kind of a business team, team building exercise Yep. mixed with strategic planning. Okay. Because actually, it's an intervention. It's the best way to call it. 
<laughs> okay. Because I go there and I, I find out what's going on and what's stopping them to get to the next level. Yes. And I just, in a very subtle way, presenting to them what, what is stopping them. And I help them through the journey yep. to, to get the, to their goals. Do you, do you find that sometimes it is the CEO that is the barrier or is the... Sometimes. <laughs> okay. Because I mean... It's most, it's most of I mean? the time. Okay. Because I mean, I could see like if you map with the team without me, they would say things differently than if you met the team with me. They would say things to be cautious. Correct. Okay. However, the tools that I develop yep. and the tools that I work with, you will be in the room. You will be okay. part of the meeting. But I will give you instructions before we start a meeting. Gotcha. And one of them is I need you to be an observant at the meeting and just keep as much as you can silent. Take notes. Yep. There's always going to be a point in meeting that I will turn and ask you for a question or your perspective or, or your observation. But this is the moment that you need to step back and understand what's going on with the business. Either you have stupid people, as we said before, mm -hmm. or you have great people, but you don't allow them to, 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 to get things done. Right. Or you will figure out that it, this is not the right organizational structure. No, makes sense. Totally makes sense. This is awesome, Ronnie. And I appreciate you uh, coming on my live show with me. I do appreciate it. And so how do people honor? How do people get a hold of you? They could find me. There are two ways. They, they can find me in uh, my webpage called RonnieZagorski.com. Yeah. Or they could find me. We just changed the. Um, oh. I just say that they connect with Ronnie and LinkedIn. Uh, there is as well, our new webpage is called Step Something. I don't have it right now with me. Well, give it to me and I will share it on all of the, um, all of the social media that we have you on, okay? Right, right. Um, so just give it to me, email me and I can share it. It's not a big deal. Um, but they at least have the Ronnie, and I'm going to spell it for those that are listening and not watching. It's uh, Ronnie, R-O-N. Y Z A G U R S K Y dot com. So if you're I'm tuning in, like that in LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Okay. The, right. And uh, definitely connect with him on LinkedIn. He is there. He looks just like he looks like here. Uh, <laughs> make a connection. Have a conversation. Uh, again, I just want to emphasize that if anybody that is a business owner that is tuning in ever wants to scale or ever wants to. Uh, set yourself up for an exit of some sort, whether, like you said, it passes on to uh, a generation or you're going to sell it. Um, you have to get your mindset in a position where you're not as involved and your company is running on its own, that it doesn't need you in the day to day, day to day. It's so much more valuable if you get, a, get it to that place. And that's what Ronnie helps people with. Whether they're keeping it or they're selling it or whatever, you know. Um, so it's a, it's a great thing to think about and strategize as you think about your goals going into 2023 or 2024. It does remind me a case of a client that a, a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. he told me, you got me to the 
point that I I am all the almost doing nothing in the company, and I feel bad. So he started to create issues in the company, or he started to create kind of his own position. Like, dude, there's something else that you can do either in the company. Let's let's structure something great that you can do. Right, do another or, business. Or yeah. do another one. But if you're really in love with this one, stop yeah. sabotaging what we created. Either go something, go find something else outside, or let's create a kind of a SWAT team inside the organization. Yeah. In this case, for you to do innovation. Because this I, guy loves innovation. So stop stop messing around with the operations, stop messing around with the day to day. You're yeah. great with innovation. Let's create a team about for innovation. I love it. That's great advice. Um, thank you again, Ronnie. I appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again. Okay. Up to you. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today on Stand Out and Grow. Uh, I hope that you got something out of this because, again, um, this is very powerful. If you're thinking about growing, scaling your business, if you're thinking about exiting, this is the kind of thing you need to start working on and start thinking about. It does not happen overnight, does not. So if this is something that you're planning on, you should take the leap, reach out to Ronnie, uh, reach out to other people like Ronnie, but um, that's what's going to help you get that ball rolling. And again, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so very much. And until next time, you got this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. Advertise helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more. <laughs>